welcome to Season 4, Episode 8 of Everyday NLP Bites, In Conversation With. If you have not been watching or listening to earlier podcasts, my name is Florence Madden. I'm an NLP trainer and coach based in Cumbria in the north of England. I'm also the author of The Intention Impact Conundrum and the co-author of Everyday NLP. Throughout this season and last season, I've been talking to NLP trainers and coaches and those simply with an interest in NLP to find out what's been most important to them in NLP and how they've used it in their life and work. This week, I am absolutely thrilled to have as my guest, Sue Knight. Sue is an international trainer and the author of the best-selling NLP at work. She is also the person with whom I did my original NLP trainer training. So thank you for that, Sue. So over to you, Sue. What's been most important to you in NLP and how have you used that in your life and work? Thank you. Thank you for the introduction. Um, it's, it was, it's tricky to choose because so much has been. And overall, the heart of NLP, which is the process of modelling, studying excellence, overall, that's absolutely the most significant thing. And that encompasses everything in NLP, but it's often lost as an understanding of what NLP is about. So the technical term for it is modelling, studying excellence, whatever that means in ourselves and in other people, so that we can reproduce that with consistency. That's a key word. That's, that's a tremendous resource to have. So overall, that covers everything for me. And then within that, um, I suppose one thing that I, I like, I enjoy, I find very influential is the whole area of language, linguistics. Um, so neuro-linguistic programming. And I particularly you know, enjoy the study of language and the impact of that. So feel free to ask me about anything I'm saying, if you wish. <laughs> so can you say a wee bit more before you carry on with language about modeling? Yes. Um, well, it is the, it is what NLP is. What we learn with NLP is a way of studying our experience. So a way of studying how I'm being, how I'm doing what I'm doing, how others are being doing. So if I, if I want to develop myself in a particular way, or if I witness somebody doing something in an outstanding way that I think, wow, you know, I'd like to be able to achieve that. Or if I have a problem in my life and I think, how am I going to deal with this? Then finding people or finding times in my own life when I've dealt with something similar or looking for exemplars outside of myself and having a way of studying how they do that. Yeah. That's what NLP is all about. And because the important thing about that is that um, people don't know what they do that makes a difference. That's I yeah. know it's a generalization, but they, they don't know. So can't rely on them telling us. People take for granted, they take for granted some of the talents or many of the talents that they have hmm. um, and are often surprised when they realize that these things that they 
take for granted that they do fluently um, are really valuable talents. And so because they don't know to tell us and they don't know the minutiae of what they do, you know, it's often internal processes, um, then that was what that was what bred the need to know how to study them in order to find those things out. Yeah. Um, so it's a process of studying experience. Yeah. That's very important. That defines everything I do because it's yeah. not a way of lecturing or demonstrating or theorizing. It's a way of studying. Okay. So how do you help people to discover that thing that they do that they maybe don't recognize or don't um, or can't describe because they don't even realize they're doing it? How do I help them recognize it? Well, by me or whoever, but by me recognizing it in the first place. And yeah. recognize, wow, that's a talent that they have, that they just do. I mean, usually people, the things that they do very well, they do do just fluently. That's how come they're so good at it. Mm -hmm. um, so first of all, by acknowledging it, perhaps you don't always have to interact with the person to do that. But in the programs that I do, that would be characteristic. Mm. And then looking at the minutiae of their behavior that add up to that particular talent. Um, so looking at, because the principle is that um, the way we do something is the way we do everything. Okay. And it's much easier and typically the only way to study is to study very specific aspects in order to reveal the whole. Okay. Would you be able to illustrate that with an example, obviously not mentioning anybody's name, but perhaps um, a time when you've done that either in conversation or on a course or, you know, just to understand a wee bit more about how you do what you do. So we ask you a bit of self-modeling. Yeah. I mean, there are many ways hmm. in which I do that. I'll give you an example. I mean, this was actually an exercise that I gave a group yesterday. I find that often in life, um, people experience conflict and they experience a conflict within themselves. So they usually express that or hold that as being a dilemma between wanting to do this thing yeah. and wanting to do that, um, or having a doubt about something. You know, perhaps it's a very common pattern is for people to um, feel pulled towards something, drawn towards something, perhaps in their life or their work, for example, but have lack of confidence, doubts about it, fear of making a decision. So, so they have this internal conflict of wanting to do it and which leads to um, delay, procrastination. Yeah. And when they have that, they, the word that they typically use is but. <laughs> so when people use the word but, whether with themselves or with other people, they are creating a, a kind of a conflict. I mean, conflict has many levels to it, um, but it's like, it's that or that, that, but I can't do it because of this kind of thing. And so an exercise that I gave a group yesterday was to take the word, but out of their vocabulary. There were a few words actually I got them to take out. I said, I want you to engage without using the word, uh, the word but, without using why, and without using try. Mm -hmm. I think I might have added do on another 
occasion as well. Uh-huh. There's a lot of people having the whole, you know, sort of demeanor that they've yeah. got to do something. They've got to have an action plan. Um, you know, and that's very different kind of, I, I never finish up with action plans for people. You know, change happens in the moment. And the words that I asked them to uh, use were and, and now, and what was the other one I gave them? But the and was the key one. Yeah. So instead of but or an or to use and. And that changes, you know, because it's like saying where often where people think it's this or that, and it's this but that. If they look for how things can be together, how they can be this and that, that's the real, that, that gives birth to really creative new ways. Yeah, and yeah. if I really, you know, take that up into the world at large, I mean, we've got a lot of butts in the world, you know, <laughs> a lot of conflict in the world. And if we looked at how it can be this person and that person, this culture and that culture, yeah. you know, this place and that. Um, and that's very often the last on, uh, option to be that people consider, if indeed they consider it at all. So, so looking at, and, and by giving people these very, very specific things to pay attention to, like somebody just wrote to me just now and said, look, I sent this email to somebody who I've been having some conflict with you know, in my work. And without even thinking about it, I've changed, I've used words like possibility and choice and could and and. She said, and it's had such a different effect. Yeah. And I thought, wow, that's amazing. And she didn't even consciously think about it she kind of got some of that awareness I, I, as I would say in the muscle yeah uh, and there's so many more patterns in language I mean that one I think is particularly significant um, but there's so many other patterns in language that to just recognize them first of all to become aware of these patterns in language um, and especially ones that are limiting yeah um, it, it just opens, it opens doors, it changes state, you know, it just creates possibilities and that people haven't, because most, most of the, the obstacles, if you like, the limitations that yeah. people experience are self-generated. It's not yeah. to do with circumstances, it's to do with how they're reacting to circumstances. And, and so their, their talk to themselves, their inner talk and their talk to other people just plays a huge part in that. Yeah, I guess our our language is evidence of what we're thinking and experiencing at a deeper level. And the other way around, our language creates our experience. Well, or or it works both ways, doesn't it really? It sort of it gives evidence of of what's of what's there. Um, and 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 gives it substance. And just love to listen to you telling that story and how by changing that language you start to change people's experience or people start to change their own experience I guess and of how they see things. Yes mm. and I, I really believe that most people certainly the people I meet on training you know are there because they want to grow they want to learn they want new choices and understanding in life and and yet it's interesting how often um People use old phrases, you know, and I'd same, same in, you know, the media. They use the same kind of phrases in headlines and the news 
you know, kind of hackneyed bit. And in business, you know, you hear people talk about project management, team leadership, and you just think, oh, boring. You know, it's been <laughs> so long. You know, who's going to, like, so when people do projects on my programs and they start thinking about the area and they start thinking about, um, you know, like project management, you think, you know, that's not going to blow anybody's frock up. Um, and so new ways require new language. Hmm. And finding new vocabulary, new ways of expressing things, that in itself communicates a message that this is different, this is yeah. new. Um, and I mean, I words are very important to me because of writing a lot, you know, writing my book and finding ways to express what's important. So, you know, that's always that that's been important to me for a long time, is the way I express. I've learned that over time with with through NLP in particular. Yeah. And so um, there's an expression, there's a quote which I've used in my writing, which says, you know, words create the path on which I walk. Yeah. And um, so being aware of the words that I use and the effect that I'm having with those words um, is absolutely vital in that. Yeah. I think what I find particularly heartening listening to you, and I hope that people watching or uh, listening to this find as well, is that some very small, what appear to be some quite small changes can make some quite seismic changes in people's life and experience. And I suppose that's one of the things that's always attracted me to NLP that, you know, you don't have to know loads and loads and loads about that subject for, um, for change to start happening. And I mean, it, it's not just in the language, but that's what I'm kind of yeah. concentrating on today, but it could be a, a slight shift in a movement, for example. Yeah. If change our state quite dramatically by how we hold ourselves um, and these things are influenced by what we're thinking you know so somebody is telling themselves you know what can go wrong what might be a problem which sometimes is necessary but if it's yeah. a habit that's when it's a problem then they'll get a posture that goes with that yeah um, and you can tell you know almost how people have lived their lives by the the way they physically have um, shaped sculpted themselves over time um, and so it could be a very tiny change which influences which changes state and so you know words are a very audible way and visible if it's an email or something like that of mm. being able to detect well how does how is what I'm saying how is it achieving how is it because it's not necessary there's no fixed formula it's about being aware of the words and measuring what effect they have, whether they achieve the result that we would wish for on ourselves and other people. Well, I suppose it's basic systems thinking, and as you change something in a system, be that language, posture, or whatever, that, that, that something's got to change. And, and, I'm, and I'm also drawn back to that phrase I've heard you use on so many occasions, talking about the difference that makes the difference. And I'm, just, I'm, just I'm just laughing at your use of the term systems thinking. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, Only because it's, um, so that's an example, if I may, okay. of an abstract term, systems thinking. Um, and it's not, it's not wrong. It's, it's used a lot. Um, and it replaces something that would otherwise be active. Mm -hmm. 
So it's taken what would be an active expression and made it into an abstract thing. It's like people say, instead of the way I'm talking to you, you know, and so that they'll say our communication. Yeah. I'm relating to you. You know, we work and we are living together our relationship. Yeah. It makes things static. Uh, so I was amused. About <laughs> that. That's a person that people have learned often academically as well to hmm. use. And most of this kind of realm where people are investing in their learning and growing. You see, because I use a lot of ing words, which are, which are active words. Yeah. And so they are investing in this in order to be changing. Yeah. And yet they might be using words and expressions, language that are stuck, that create yeah. a stuck state. Yeah. So words themselves create a stuck state. So yeah. these abstracts can do that. <laughs> Well, they do that through the apps. The <laughs> That's the effect of it. Um, but yeah, no, it's it, um, it, it's always a, a, of interest to me. And just again, I find heartening just listening to you and that emphasizing that point that, you know, that changing something apparently quite small can, can make such a difference Absolutely. in someone's life and experience. So thank you for sharing that, Sue. Um, I've no doubt that you'll have created a lot of interest, people wanting to know a bit more. So if people want to get in contact with you, what's the best way of doing that? Um, probably by email, I would think it's the best way. Yeah. There is my website, so everything's in the name of Sue Knight. Um, so S-U-E-K-N-I-G-H-T. So, www.sunite.com, sue at sunite.com. Those, those get to me. Okay. And of course, for anybody watching or listening to this that hasn't uh, quite caught that, it'll be in the paragraph that goes with this podcast in any case. So it just remains for me to thank Sue for sharing a bit of her insight um, on NLP today. That brings us to the end of season four of Everyday NLP Bites this time in conversation with so look out for season five which will be coming shortly so thank you to you for watching or listening bye for now